guys and welcome back to On Track Mind. This is episode three and I'm joined by the amazing Meg Griffiths. You know, may know her as Positively Megs on Instagram and you may also know her as Mike Norbury's better half. <laughs> Meg, thank you so, so much for your time. Honestly, it's been a bit of a journey with technical difficulties, <laughs> but it's so nice to have you on. Oh, uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And so, sorry, I'm a bit of a technophobe. <laughs> Um, so yeah, how long have you been involved in racing? Have you sort of grown up in it or is it quite new to you? No, so I I only started riding in 2018. Um, previous to that, I had no interest in bikes at all. It was a little bit of like a life change. Like I grew up sailing and swimming and very water sports based. And I went through a tough time in my life, decided to do something to push me and um, mm. decided to ride a bike. So did my CPT, <laughs> had about Early <laughs> went on straight on to um, a 650, had about five lessons, thought I could do my test, failed my mod one first time, of course, and then I, the day before my retest, um, the guy next to the bike school who like tinkers around with like making race bikes and things like that said why don't you come to three sisters and have a look at the bikes racing and you can it can help you understand how the bikes lean over because I couldn't really do the figure of eight very well and I thought I'm not going to really pass that's, that's, that's a clever way of putting it into perspective yeah. so I persuaded my dad to take me on the back of his bike because my dad rides um which okay. I don't know why I had no interest in in bikes at the time um and then after I went to three sisters and saw the bikes I was like wow and we were stood <laughs> waiting for the bike that this guy had Sean he's called had, had uh, you know tinkered with to get it to race and um the, yeah. the parents of the guy racing it and she said the mum said oh he's not qualified because he didn't have wets um on the bike and he's starting at the back of the grid but don't worry he'll be first within the next lap and I was like you know you're like whoa all right a little bit all right chill out and then so this lad came flying around with his knee down and his elbow down and I was like whoa I didn't know you could you know bikes could do that and it was Mike <laughs> and that's how I met Mike oh, really? yeah so he didn't show off at all that day and I was holding the little race bike to put into the van and he walked past me I'm stood there with my mum's biking stuff on that I borrowed stood with this bike and he walked past me and like you look like a fucking model you and that was it he didn't speak to me and I was like oh right so then the next day I passed my mum Passed my mod one, then I passed my mod two, and then he sent me a message on Facebook and was like, oh, fair play, I thought you were just some posh bitch, you could actually ride a bike. I was like, oh, I think I've just winged it. And then we were friends for a couple of years, and then it blossomed into our relationship. <laughs> oh, so how long have you two been together? Um, About three years. We were friends first, which was really nice, because yeah. we know all the nitty-gritty things that you... Not really, I have a lot of partners to show. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's yeah. best sometimes like starting it off that way because like last thing you want to do is get like year into a relationship and you're like, oh shit, didn't tell you that. Uh, oh. Yeah, I don't want to tell this. But he knew everything about me and my strange life and I knew everything about him. So 
yeah it was yeah it was perfect and he helped me so much with learning and understanding bikes and I just wanted to learn more and help him and yeah yeah here we are best of friends and yeah. hopefully we'll be together can... forever <laughs> stop that is the sweetest but um <laughs> You can you can see like on your Instagram like you know you're you're out trying different bikes you're out trying different courses and I saw your post the other day and you're like first day no offs no crashes I smashed it and I was like yes <laughs> and it's like you know so you and Mike go together and it's like you can see the sort of helping and like when you're um there was a video I'm gonna I'll see if I can insert it if I can't because my technical abilities may not allow me to. Um, but you're coming around the corner and you put in your um caption like still not used to like sort of sliding but then you could see like videos of like Mike and his mate doing it and it's like you could tell you were trying to learn from them and I was like yeah she is smashing this like she's acknowledging what she needs to do and she's going for it and I think it's incredible <laughs> to see Oh, you're doing thank you. <laughs> much better than I ever did. I went straight, like head first over the handlebars, and I was like, "Nope, that's it. That's what done." Oh, girl, I've done that too, eh? Hey? <laughs> I just but never, I, I no one ever catches it. <laughs> but I sort of, I like, I was a mess afterwards, and I got back on the bike again like a couple weeks afterwards, and I was like, "Nah, no, shit, scared." Which I'm kind of annoyed at myself for. Maybe, maybe we'll pick it up again one day, but. <laughs> <sighs> Well, I crash a lot, don't get me wrong, on whatever bike I'm riding, I seem to crash. And whenever I've crashed, the lads have always said, get back on your bike now. Like, I, I had a little crash at Fat Cats yeah. on my pit bike. And Mike didn't see it. He just saw the aftermath. And Dom Herbertson and Forrest were watching. And I basically, <laughs> I took the front on a hairpin, come off my bike, and someone had ran over my wrist. So I was like, oh. <gasps> But Mike hadn't seen it, and he came over, and he was like, get off on your bike, you'll be scared of it on the bike, and I'm like, oh. and he was having none of it, and he didn't, didn't care what had happened, you're alive, get back on your bike, so I did a few more laps, I came and I was like, my wrist's really hurting, and then Dom and Forrest saw my, li my little trash, <laughs> and they were like, yeah, she actually, you know, and Mike was like, whoa, but if it wasn't for them, like pushing me I could have happily just gone mm. I'll sit and watch same happened at Rowera again with my pit bike smashed my bike up flipped it over over the handlebars dislocated my shoulder snapped my oh, everything I snapped my clutch and my lever protectors and it was Chrissy Rouse who was teaching me and he like helped oh. me fix up and he was like get back out there otherwise same again you'll be too scared to do it again so the lads have been so supportive. It's amazing. I'm very, very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I definitely think that was my issue. I didn't get back on it quick enough. Yeah. Oh, you've I got think... it. Yeah, right. You and me, you're going to start teaching me now. <laughs> <laughs> Come with me. I'm very slow and cautious, and I need to know all of the information. Why? Be why? Me. Why? <laughs> Yeah, I I need to understand the logistics before I can need I can do anything. I cannot yes. go in blind. That's the one thing I can't. I'm like that. Yeah. So I want to know everything. It's not a natural thing for me because I only started riding for the first time in like my mid to late twenties. I needed to I need to <laughs> understand all of the information to process. What does this do? How does this work? And it it is quite tedious because I I ask a lot of questions and people probably get really annoyed with me but I want to fully understand. No, I do. 
Yeah. I feel like it's the best way, though, to, like, learn it and then put it into practice. Whereas if yeah. you, you practice, you don't understand it, you're like, oh, uh, shit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you don't understand why you've messed up. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. Totally agree. Um, So, obviously, you've been friends with Mike for a, for a long, long time, but you've only been sort of official, like, dating for three years. Yeah. Um, had you been to any races with him prior to you dating or not really well I went across in 2019 to the TT with my dad I just passed my bike test and I was using my dad's DRZ 400 which isn't ideal for someone who really can't ride a bike it's really tall it's a big single That's cylinder <laughs> it was pouring down 2019 <laughs> <TT>. <laughs> I was trying to yeah. get on the ferry the bike kept cutting out I was like we went across to watch Mike, me and my dad, and it was like such a nice little bonding thing because, you know, like sometimes yeah. it's difficult for dads and girls to find something, you know, to do, to hang out and do. So it was amazing. And we didn't really get to see any racing because of the weather. And I unfortunately got called back to work. So we had to leave early. But yeah. just have that little taste of the TT. I was like, wow, this is insane. And it did scare yeah. me. Even just being friends with Mike back then, I was like, oh, stay safe. Like, yeah. You're sort of like, you're like grit, like grit and a fist. It's like, shit. Uh, trying to like, figure out what's going on. want to use this? And he, because I didn't know, again, I knew nothing about bikes. And he's trying to explain <laughs> what road racing was, what BFB was, what the differences were. And I then started mm. listening to audiobooks and um, Mike always told me like who his idols were and that John McGuinness was his idol and that I had to listen to his autobiography. So I listened to mm. McGuinness's book and then I listened to Dunlop's book and I started then learning yeah. and understanding about road racing and the process that these guys go through, like the life dedication. And then watching like Dom's yeah. um, documentary and I was just like, Oh, I love what, that. Why on earth do you want to do this? This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it sort of opens your mind up a whole lot more. It's like people will see like road racing and BSB and they're like, oh, wow, it's a sport where the most common thing I get when I say, this is what I'm interested in, this is what I want to do, blah, blah. Um, they're like, yeah, but aren't you just watching bikes go around in circles? And I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> no. Um, like, okay, yes, okay. Technically, it is, but it's more technical than that, and it really stresses me out. Like when you understand it, you're like, yeah, but you don't know everything that goes into it. And no. I'm sure you you've seen it. You know, spending so much time with Mike, especially 2022 TT. Yeah. How how was that for you going into it and being just thrown into it? <laughs> Well, I had the 2021 race season. Obviously, there was no TT. There was no, none of the Irish stuff went ahead. So we did yeah. a lot of, you know, Thunder Sports, No Limits, yeah. like the Wirral yeah. 100, things like that. So it got me into racing and understanding the mechanics. And with the racing were really good, like helping me train me up. I was like a junior mechanic. So if, say, me and Mike okay. went without the rest of the team it could Mike could race and he could trust me to do you know I started doing simple things like the paddock pills yeah. and the tire warmers and the generator and then he taught me more in the garage about like you know cleaning the calipers lock wiring you know air filter yeah. the 
liquids, things like that. So the 2021 season prepared me for 2022. You know, we did some Scarborough, yeah. small of amounts, like a little taste of what road racing was. I was like, okay, I can really see the difference now between the track stuff and the roads. Like it's, yeah. it's a different yeah. style completely. The riders are completely different, especially when you compare like BSB riders to road racers. I know that they can interchange. Oh, different kettle of fish mentality is so different so mm -hmm. then getting ready for the tt like we were quite lucky that the northwest 200 was a couple of weeks before so it was a good let's yeah. get in you know we had all you know girls being girls with the spreadsheets and the checklists and everything <laughs> printed and laminated. the, the, the real ones know about mine and make spreadsheets <laughs> <laughs> the team were brilliant and accepted my new spreadsheets and the yeah, <laughs> because they must be clean bin, and I don't want you know the stickers off the tires. No, they go into the bin, and all the labels of all the the products have to be facing forwards, and you know everything goes where it should be. And it was just mm -hmm. so nice, and we all helped each other. And like Mike felt comfortable with knowing that his bikes are prepped to the best of everyone's ability and that the procedures yes. have been followed and nothing's being missed like the bike has been properly refueled the tire pressures have been checked twice and you know like there's no little uh niggles when he's racing he knows that like the bike's gonna be sorted and he can just focus on riding it he's not gonna have to yeah you know worry about the small things sweat the small stuff as they say um but the tt yeah. was I knew it was going to be stressful, but there was nothing mm. that could have mentally prepared me for that stress, that feeling. Yeah. Like, I don't know, you could compare it to almost sending your loved one off to war, but they've probably got a better chance mm. of coming back from war. Like, it is terrifying. My heart was in my throat. I don't even know. My heart was gone. It was like... <laughs> it wasn't there. It was gone. Yeah. Just just watching him start off, that camera being there, the monster girls being there, and you're like, please, this I don't know last time I see you. So then you're in your full mm. fire seat, you get onto pit lane, you're in your fire hood, you've got no phones are allowed in there, no radios, you're not even allowed to wear an Apple Watch, no communications. So you're just in there, fire suit on, hood on, gloves on, waiting, watching the board for that light to come on, knowing that he's come through the final sector. Yeah. Counting down 17 minutes, 18 minutes, he's due in, and we've got a spotter. We had um, uh, a guy called Matt, and he was over the other side of the pit wall just saying, like, yeah, yeah, he's coming through because he has the live timing on his phone, which we weren't oh, allowed like that. Yeah. And when he comes in, it's just that split moment of, right, okay, I did the wave and stop so I can see him, and it's like fuel cap off, fuel being refueled. If we need to change the, the wheel, we do. And it's like, yeah. I, I was visor changed because I don't shake. So I clicked it off, new one in, and it gave me that moment to look at it at his eyes and see, you could see his oh. mind is going at a million miles an hour. And I could just see, he's all right, he's still there. And I got, <laughs> I've got in my belt, you know, the, the SIS powder with the long straw, I shove it up yeah. and I'm like, drink this visor, wipe his screen, you know, check everything's all right. Oh God. On and off he goes, and it's another like 17 18 minutes of just like, <sighs> and then you've got four laps of that multiple races per day on different bikes. 
you saying that? But you saying like you did being on visor change? The fact you don't shake, fair fucking play to you. I could not do that. That's impressive. But, I know. Like, I'm looking at you that, do it. I spent a lot of time in showy in the van with Paul practicing, like, oh, like, like yeah. because we we were in um in the pit lane and one one of the riders I won't, I won't say who he had the the helmet with the pods and it didn't click in properly and his visor came off before he even left pit lane. I mean that's your race pretty much over, so it's just that one click click and yeah. You know, or fuel cap if you've not got that thing on or there's so many little things and yeah you've got to be spot on and we were practicing those pit stops and you know it's stressful for everyone everyone in that pit lane from every team when you walk into your little station you could see people's eyes stressed and they were like grown men with tears in their eyes with stress because they're they're panicking about their visors and or, or you know it's hard and the riders are loving it and the teams are just like <laughs> but we do you it just, don't you we just gotta keep, yeah you've just got to keep smiling for them because as soon as they see your panic they're done like you cannot show your worry because um i just i my dad he still does like the odd race um does the lord of lidden because lidden hills like our um local circuit and i i've learned over time that you know what, 10 minutes before he races, I'll say goodbye, good luck, and then I'll leave because you need to let them get in that mindset. Yeah. And as yeah. soon as there's one shadow, not there's no doubt, like I do not doubt my dad for a second, but I, I'm i worried about, every, I'm worried about what could happen on track with other people, not him. Yeah. Like it, you don't know other, I know my dad, I know he's safe, he's sensible, he is, he is good at what he does. He will say, oh, I'm not that good. You are. If you're li- Dad, if you're listening, you are. Um, <laughs> and Stuart, you are. Um, but it's, I don't know what other people are capable of. You know, there are, there are some riders that can be quite, you know, problematic. And I think, not yeah. going to name any names, but if people watch BSB, you'll probably know who I'm talking about. You know, there's some riders that it's like, who are they going to take out this time? So... I completely get that you want to keep that chill vibe going because the last thing you want is for them to think, oh, wait, why why is she panicking? What, yeah. Why? And it is and I, I, hard. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, um, I think it's so beautiful that you said you do his visor and you say you have that split second of seeing his eyes and seeing him focused. I honestly, that, that's, a, yeah. I think that's, such an important moment to have even even if you even if you sort of forget about it because you're so focused on the next lap it's still that that in that moment you're, you're there you're present yeah and yeah you know, that honestly I hats off to you because how <laughs> you how you do that is phenomenal <laughs> thank you you know, until you do it, you don't know how you're going to react to things. And I feel like, I don't know, throughout my life, I've been thrown into some horrible situations that I've had to deal with. And somehow I've just managed to do it. And I feel lucky mm. and blessed that I just, I've allowed myself to be able to do these things. And yeah. 
I've just got to love and support Mike as as whatever crazy decisions he wants to make to do. I don't want to make him, you know, regret not racing because of me or mm. or go out thinking, oh, Meg's not happy. Blah, blah. I want him to just go out and focus and think about racing and not have to worry about anything yeah. else going on. And that's not that's not what the guys need, is it? When they're when they're out racing. Oh, what about this? No, the van's yeah. clean, clean, everything's sorted. You've eaten. I know that yeah. you've you've drank enough and you've eaten enough and yeah. It's hard, but I do it. And I think it's amazing how you can just go, I need to do this job and I need to make sure he's safe and he's got this sorted. Plus having your girlfriend's brain in. (laughs) Yeah. That's mad. I think that's the way I deal with stress. I'm quite a control freak and that gives me an element of control in the most uncontrollable yeah. situation whereas I can completely understand on the other spectrum some of the girlfriends and wives and partners that do close down and can't watch the racing or just mm. sit and stress completely understand and I feel I feel for them yeah. and I'm so glad that the team let me have my little control freak thing like I'm going to do this I'm going to do this because yeah I, I, I don't know how some of, of the women yeah. cope like when they're, they're their partners are professional racers and that's their career and their source of income they have to race whether they're feeling well or not or yeah really feel for these women shout out to all the girlfriends that sacrifice their time and energy and also all the daughters that will stand there on the side of the circuit worrying we love you all (laughs) (laughs) appreciation yeah Um, Round of applause. Um, I just, with obviously the TT, because Mike is a road racer, you know, yes, there's been Thunder Sports, etc. But he is predominantly a road racer and his Instagram bio, I'm pretty sure it says he's a road racer. That, that's he is a road racer. Yeah, yeah, you know, that is him. And unfortunately, the roads are the most dangerous. dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Obviously, before we started um, recording, we had a little chat before and you said that you were very um, close to Mark Perslow, who unfortunately we lost at the TT this year. Um, You know, and obviously we say Rose is the most dangerous, but I think 2022 shocked everyone in BSB with obviously Chrissy, who we both knew well and loved. Yeah. You know, there's there's been two, two close people in your life that from racing um that you've lost how how on earth do you sort of sit there and think it's fine Mike's gonna carry on doing that you know how do you cope with it because you've seen it and obviously um I hope you're okay with me talking yeah, about this yeah, but yeah, obviously there you know you had a really unfortunate incident with your brother and unfortunately he he isn't well he is with us let's be honest he, he's I'm sure he's, he's just not, he's he's just not, not here. He's here. <laughs> you know, there's been two people from racing that unfortunately we've lost, but there's also someone in your family that you've lost. You know, 2022, yeah. we were saying before we started this, it has been shit. Yeah. Um, and obviously Mike has said he's going to take 2023 out, obviously do some enduro bits and obviously come back for 2024. How... Do you feel relieved that he's taking this break? 
after I, what happened? Or do you sort of, yeah. I, I, I feel relieved that he's not doing the TT because of the, it is that stress and pressure of not only the racing, but the money and the time. And it's so nice now to do other things like we're doing the enduro stuff. We're going on holiday. We've been snowboarding. We're going to go yeah. do enduro and pit biking in Tenerife next week. And there's so, so many other exciting things to do. And I think that Mike having a break this year, he's still riding. We're still riding every weekend. Yeah. It'll develop his skills, riding different types of, bikes whether it be like enduro or motocross supermoto pit bikes all these different like trials it'll yeah. his skills is like his physical fitness is absolutely on form at the moment and it will be for next yeah. race season if he decides to race if he wants to do a couple of races this year or you know like the the oliver's mount road races if he wants to do it cool if he decides not to even better um, and if he wants to, to crack on next year and try and get signed up with another team or whatever, he will do. And I think he'll come back even stronger because I think having a break sometimes, especially after a tough year, like I've never mm. seen, I'd never seen Mike cry until Mark's passing at the TT. And it was like, mm. and it was so heavy on, on us and the team f for the rest of the TT. Like we had his... Um, mechanic ricardo come and, and mechanic for mike and it was just like you know and you feel like a bit of a lost soul and it's like mark's gone and then there were, there were the the other deaths as well five in total and you're just yeah. like why do you want to do this and i just kept thinking why do you want to do this this is insane like letting him go out mm -hmm. and i was like i can't stop him all i can do is love and support him and make sure that he's all right the bikes are all right and it, it's what he's always wanted to do from being being a little boy and it probably mm. will be what he always wants to do until he reaches whatever goal in his own mind yeah yeah but who knows yeah. what that is but yeah, yeah. he's got to go with it and I think I, I never really understood how to feel about death like I lost one of my best friends when I was 19 when we were 19 um a girl Leah um, she had a motorbike accident. There's three of them involved. They were like messing around, and and unfortunately, two of them died. One of them being Leah. Mm -hmm. So it, it kept me way away from motorbikes, and that's I just didn't ever think about them until my mid twenties. Um, and then when everything happened in 2022, losing losing my brother. My brother is 23, and I just think, do you know what? The universe has got a plan for all of us. And yeah. when it's your time, it's your time. And the same with Chrissy. Out of all of the riders, I would have never, ever expected that to happen to Chrissy. Because he was so calculated and methodical and he wasn't a, a real he risk taker. Anything. Not no. Everything was perfectly planned out. Nothing was ever missed. No. And that's what makes it so much more shocking. And I mean, we can all think of other riders that are way more wild and crazy and reckless. Whereas Chrissy Rouse, how how has this happened? And I just think when it's your time, it's your time. And yeah, that's what I've got to believe now. And I do think you know you've got to you could fall downstairs or you could trip. You know, you've got to do what you enjoy, yeah. make the most of life, really live it to the full, push yourself, but. Think about your safety. Have you got proper leathers on? Have you got a decent helmet on? Yeah. Are you wearing gloves and boots? Don't don't just go out in a hoodie. Like let's try and 
be more safe but still be adventurous mm. and you know make the most of of our lives because we don't know how long we're going to yeah. be here for could be a really long time mm. could be gone like <laughs> yeah <No? laughs> yeah no, I think that's such an amazing way of looking at it because you know you, you're not thinking this is a negative thing this is obviously death is horrible but oh yeah you have clearly learned that there's there's a reason as shit as it is and as horrible as it makes us feel there is a there is a reason yeah uh, you know yeah. You, you said the universe has a has a plan for all of us I am 100% with you on that one I know some people some people watching this and listening to this may disagree completely but I can definitely yeah vouch for that I think it's so true because everything yeah. happens for a reason and I think people don't acknowledge that enough yeah so I think it's it's incredible that you have that mindset it's only a recent mindset though because I would have completely disagreed a year ago a year and a half ago I've been like no no that's bullshit but now I do I do believe it like everything does happen for a reason the bad things happen to make you stronger to prepare you for something else Mm. or you know you need the bad things to appreciate the good things and it does in a strange way force you to grow and be more positive and help others and inspire others and if if the I don't know it's it's a tough one and you you've just gotta carry on don't you you know yeah honestly you're incredible (laughs) you're constantly smiling I've never seen such a cheerful person (laughs) ever I'm looking on your Instagram that's a big screen and I'm like do you know what she she's on it she knows that she, to, the only person you can lift yourself up is you and I think you've got that cracked I was seeing uh. some of the stuff and I'm like she gets it it's it's fine oh Instagram you know what you know you've told me before that you don't really talk about your work but you work on these big impressive boats you know chief chief stewardess you know in the big leagues um and you posted <laughs> a video um about um water safety obviously after losing Hayden um and I think advocating that it's not shown and the fact you have gone out of your way to turn around and say look guys to your 4,000 5,000 followers and go you need to be aware of this because people sort of in the bike industry it's like bikes are dangerous and that's what's gonna you know that's gonna be the way you go but when actually you sort of think well there's other things that people need to focus on yeah and the fact you have posted that out there honestly it's amazing because I have never seen any content like that to raise awareness for other yeah you you just don't realize until bad news comes no, and it, it is shocking, especially like you, you've seen photographs of my brother who was a true athlete, absolute athlete. He could have gone to the Olympics for multiple sports and you think if that can happen to him, it can happen to anyone. So we really do gotta we've gotta push that water safety message. I mean now it's not that warm and sunny, but everyone's getting paddle boards now, whether it's on the sea or in a lake. Yeah. Where are boys even even out kayaking and yeah, sure I, 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 yes yeah no definitely um so yeah you should definitely be proud of yourself for that because 
Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep pushing it too because it doesn't have to be like a scary negative thing. It can be a fun mm. and positive thing like let's go out yeah. there and enjoy it. Let's go out and ride our bikes but wear your proper gear. Go out and paddleboard and surf but have you eaten something? Does someone know where you are? Have you got your phone nearby? You know, it's all these little messages just to be a little bit more safety conscious. Like don't mm. stop your fun but just yeah do it for your family like it's like with the racers they they do what they do because they love it and whatever happens even if the worst happens we know that they've they've gone doing what they love and it's the families that have got to deal with the consequences for the rest of their lives yeah but it, again it's that if it's your time it's your time like mike had a crash at the tt in 2018 up the mat on the mountain yes, up to yeah. okay not a good crash not a good crash but he did not right. scratch on him he was absolutely fine and it's just like it's not his time and with Chrissy mm. a tiny little thing like that I don't know but I just think it's his time he's mm. got something to do somewhere else that's more important and they are yeah. with us when There's they want to be to look after yeah he think it's so true you know they they've got something else to do elsewhere um yeah. And I think having that view, you know, you said with Mike that it, it, it wasn't his time. You know, he's still got time to go and you will support him. If he wants to race, he can race. If he doesn't, he doesn't. You'll support him either way. But how have you ever thought that maybe you'd prefer if he didn't? And I know, and I know it sounds like quite like a blunt question but it is you know do you think I I wish you'd stop or do you just think do you just not think about it oh yeah I do <laughs> I would absolutely prefer things to be different but I know what I signed up for Mike was a road racer before I even met him and yeah. when we got into a relationship together we both understood each other. I understood Mike's career. He wants to road race. He loves it. He understood my career. I work on boats. I'm away for long periods of time, traveling all over the place. But yeah. we understood each other's career choices. We support each other, even if we don't particularly like each other do sometimes. Yeah. We've got to support each other. And we know that in the long run, we want to be together. And if if life allows us, we'll grow together, we'll learn together. And he's just so supportive and inspiring to me. Like, I would have never ridden a pit bike or a trials bike or all these bikes. And I I want to, I want to learn. And he, he must mm. be so boring coming riding with me. He's gone from doing the Isle of Man TT, symboling around on an enduro bike with me. But... <laughs> I just feel so lucky that he wants to help me and teach me and spend that time with me in hopes, please, that I get faster and <laughs> I can do more exciting. Like, I'm not keep falling off. I'm praying, like, I will, I will, I will get that second. I will get that second. <laughs> yeah. But I also hope, like, with my Instagram, I don't really know, like, I'm not no type of influencer, but I hope that I do influence and inspire at least someone to give it a go like you don't need a brand new bike you don't need mm -hmm. like the fanciest kit you just need some basic safety stuff 
whatever, rent a bike and just go and give it a go, whether you want to go and do a bit of enduro or you want to go and do a little bit of trials. Like there's loads of places where you can rent stuff and just push yourself, go go and try. And I hope that my Instagram is like a reflection of me learning and I can see myself like getting better and just enjoying it like I look back and I'm like God, yeah. look at all this fun stuff that I've done especially when I'm at work crafting away I'm like I'm gonna go home soon and I'm gonna see my little cheap Chinese pit bike and I just can't wait to ride it <laughs> and, and we were talking before and you were saying you know there is this type of girl um that will have just a helmet on and very tight jeans and the flashiest bike and look what I can do, I can go really fast, blah, blah, blah. But you're like, that's not reality. You know, what you've put out, like we mentioned earlier, there was the video of you sort of like, you know, trying to get around the track, doing a really good job, but you put in the catch and you're like, I'm still not used to um, changing gear when I'm standing up. I'm still not used <laughs> to sliding the rear. You know, you're honest. And I think why the fuck are we making this superficial look because I think for women in the sport I think as as harsh as it may sound I think it is there are certain individuals that have perfect makeup under a helmet tight fitting clothes and yes some people may find that really attractive and fair play to them they're doing a great job but that isn't reality and it's making for people like us a lot harder because people expect us to be like that yeah no I I see that and it it almost it scared me a little bit when I first started riding because I thought I'm never going to be that good I'm never going to be that fast my makeup does not look I don't even bother wearing it I just think it just it's a mess it's all over the inside of my helmet nothing and I thought everyone's a better rider than me why can't I do this but Mike said, Meg, you need to understand that these girls are only putting out the the most beautiful images and them doing good, successful things. They're not showing all the times that they fall off and that they're learning. And it made me think, yeah. you know what, I'm going to put out the learning. So if anyone is in my position and thinks, oh, God, everyone's so good, I can't do that. You can, because look here, see, I can't do it either. <laughs> Just check, check out struggles I'm only 50 there. <laughs> and I can understand the girls that do ha- like their their brand and their image is it's their life isn't it some of them some mm. of the, these influencers that is their job they have their blogs and they've got to look perfect and they've got to look amazing and they don't want their sponsors to see them not being amazing and and they rely on, yeah. on that like brands are looking probably for more followers and this and that and you know, yeah. like dog eat dog industry, and I'm very lucky that I don't have to have those <laughs> stresses, and I just have my job, and yeah. what I do is for fun, and I can wear what I want, and I can say what I want, and I can go where I want, and I love it, and I would one day yeah. like to try and do more things like these incredible women do, but there's just so much pressure on them to be perfect because men judge why are you doing this why are you doing that girls judge why are you doing this why are you doing that it's can you get this swear to god if i get one more man judging what i'm doing because i'm just i'm involved in the bike industry because i'm a female i'm going to lose my foot i don't care about your opinion stop it i'm sashing it leave me alone 
Meg's oh. smashing it. Leave her alone. <laughs> oh, but do you know what? I've got to say, I've been very, very fortunate with with the men. No one's really ever said anything horrible to me. Maybe people yeah. don't know. I don't mind. But coming into the yeah. race, because I'm very tall. I'm five eleven. Tall blonde. Who's this? I look like I don't know. Broly girl, blonde bimbo. I would look at me and think the same. But I don't want people. I want people to just give me a chance and realise, actually, no, she just know a little bit about mechanics and she yeah. can kind of ride a bike. And it's just trying to break that stereotype. Yeah. And honestly, every single interview I have done with a female on this podcast, Lauren Trotter, she said, no, they immediately thought that, that she asked for help with um, the electronics and everyone was like, oh, really? Like, uh, Jill, she came in and she was like, everyone just saw me as the next blonde girl. No, she's actually got a degree and a master's. Jodie yeah. Fieldhouse came out and smashed it on track. Yeah, what a legend. And then it's just like, where is this all coming from? And I'm so grateful you brought up the point of stereotypes because especially um, listening, like the podcast with Sophie McGinn, we really spoke about that and especially more sexualized side of it but the stereotypes of girls and especially blonde girls yeah let's put them into it because have has it ever put you off because it has me the amount of times i've gone i can't be bothered for this ag yeah. is ridiculous so how, how have you found it i've i felt quite intimidated especially because i haven't got a lifetime of knowledge like a lot of of other yeah girls know everything I've really had to learn and study and learn to understand and I, I think it's actually forced me to learn more so I can have mm. a proper conversation with someone about yeah. you know detailed mechanics and I, I completely understand the stereotype and if I was to look at me as well I would probably think oh she doesn't know what yeah. she's doing and I think people just need to give be a little bit more open-minded and yeah. even to explain things if someone's trying and wants to learn give them the time of day and Take help them because you never know when they could help you and I've just I've been very very lucky the guys have always supported me and taken the time to explain things to me and answer all my many many questions but I can see <laughs> from other girls points of views like I think it is it isn't a normal thing to see a woman in the paddock. Maybe it'd no. be if there's a lot more women, but especially in the road yeah. paddock, people be like, whoa, who's that outside a woman? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think oh I've got a female. Guys, they've, they've not been too too creepy. And I can imagine for Sophie, she's she's beautiful and she's like edgy. And I can see how she would have more issues and especially with her presenting and things like that. Yeah. And it's, Big, big presence on industry. social. Yeah. yeah. Especially being think... a single girl, too, and on the dating market, like, oh, I am so glad I don't have to deal with any of that stuff. I think, yeah, I think you're lucky. You and Lauren and Jill, I think, are quite lucky because you're sort of very clearly, I'm very public with my relationship, don't come near me. Yeah. You know, and I, I, think, I think you're right because you haven't really been exposed to the BSB paddock. No, I've me, me and Sophie than most people anyway. All the riders are. T- <laughs> I'm, I'm so tall. They look about fourteen. Joking, <laughs> love you all. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, but BSB, you know, there has 
you have to be quite small. You have to be of able course. to tuck in, you know. Of so, course. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. How the fuck Pickman gets away with it baffles me every time, but, you know, we won't get... <laughs> I don't know where he puts his legs. <laughs> um, but it's like, you haven't really been exposed to the BSV paddock too much. But, obviously, me and Sophie spoke about it, and it's like, they're fucking mental. Like, yeah. the roads, guys... I, I actually haven't been to any road races because by the time I would have gone, COVID hit, and then I didn't go last year because there's so much going on. And it's just, I haven't been. But even the times I've had a conversation with them over Instagram or I've seen them at, like, BSB events, they're so different. And I think you're very, very lucky that you have been welcomed into that world first. I... I from my personal opinion, I would have loved to experience that side of things rather than the BSB side first. Yeah. yeah. We we did a couple of BSB what? rounds with the team last year and the paddock's so much different. I mean, there's so much more pressure on the riders. It's a big money game. You see yeah. they've got these big trailers and motorhomes and these huge gazebos and hospitality things. And, you know, it is it is a big boys game. The the roads, you can be a privateer and you can turn up with your old caravan and your like beat up old R6, but yeah. it's a different ball game. Like it, it yeah. is quite scary and it's a different type of rider. They mm. in the roads paddock, you finish racing and they're on the beers and it's a barbecue and it's like a good yeah. old time. Yes, it's like faster sleep, and I completely understand it because there's so much on the line for these guys. The racing is so close. It's like like hundreds of thousands of of a second make it, yeah. you know. Yeah. And and it, with at the TT, you know, you can be a privateer. Like Dom's a privateer, and he was getting top tens. Like yeah, you know, Mike. You know, DC Racing. It's it wasn't a huge team. It's compared to FHO, it was yeah. small. You know, and Mike was still doing well. He was still there doing it. Yeah. But I I can guarantee you if if a privateer turned up to a British super bikes, A, it would never happen because it's way too expensive. And B, yeah, so, honestly, and I always ask people, um, I always ask my guests on On Track Mind, if they have any advice for a certain group of people. So for you, I'm going to say, what advice would you have to a woman coming into this sport with no experience but eager to learn what would you say to them you know like you 10 years ago well I'd definitely say if you've got a bike learn about it learn about get the Haynes manual for your bike learn how do you clean the calipers how does your machine work where's the battery where's the the generator learn and understand things about your bike there's loads of cheap online um mechanics courses i did a lot of mechanics courses during lockdown and when i was like having to isolate for work wow. did lots of different ones watching youtube videos there's so much stuff that you can learn um yeah. i got a little haynes um v twin build your own engine and it was made of all plastic it really helped me learn and understand the mechanics of how an engine works. Wow. Like a piston, what, like, where does the exhaust connect to? You know, all of these different things. And learning and understanding about your own bike helps you learn and understand how bikes work. And then just 
get out and ride, whether it be on a road bike, whether it be going to a trials day, uh, Inch Perfect, they've got yeah. loads of stuff for beginners. There's so many different types of bikes and so many different like courses you can do. You can go over to Wales and do like an enduro day. You don't have to be a good rider. You don't even have to have your own bike. Just, just open your mind, learn, follow some people on Instagram, see what are they up to? What are they learning? What bikes are they, you know, just submerse yourself fully into it and you will learn and understand more. You'll become more passionate and it's gone from being something that I'd never thought I'd be into to like my whole life now and I love it and I enjoy it and I love it and enjoy it with my dad and with Mike and I've met so many new friends and it's just it's an amazing yeah. an amazing sport and you can do it from being super young to super old and you can do it anywhere in the world so yeah. in any weather so go for it <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think it's incredible because, yeah, I could have done with hearing that a good few years ago. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, if there's, if there's any girls out there, girls, women, any age and you want to get involved, take Meg's advice because, trust me, it will pay off. I can, I can tell, like, it's definitely just speaking to you, I'm starting thinking, I shouldn't have sold my bike now. Don't do a somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So it's it's definitely helped me. So I hope that, you know, it's helped everyone else listen.